Steelers by the Lake podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host, Cody Tanner. Cody, how are you this fine Monday evening? James, I'm fantastic. We're both wearing our black Steeler hoodies. I love it. Mine's the old retro logo with the with the steel worker on my camera's a little messed up. Uh, with the steel worker, but we're we're having fun. We're doing good. It's Monday. We're we're living. We're one day closer to the draft. Actually, one week closer uh, since we talked to you guys last. But I'm getting excited, James. We only have one more show after this one before the NFL draft happens. So, uh, yeah, we're excited. We will be going over our joint Steelers by the Lake mock draft 1.0, um, and then we'll probably do one more next week, and that'll be it. So. Uh, we'll be going over that at the end of the show. To be fair, we did a couple mocks. True. Joint. So this is probably three. Yeah. I think on the joint mock draft. Um, but yeah, I'm excited, man. Not as excited as Steely McBeam is on your on your hoodie there. Yo, he's so uh, happy. But look at him. Look at him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm stoked, man. You know me. Draft season is my favorite time of year. Uh, so really exciting. And, uh, man, I don't know if you've seen, you probably got a lot of friends and family members complaining about it. We had 80 degrees yesterday. It is snowing outside right now. <laughs> it's snowing. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yes. Uh, yeah. I just got snowed on when I went and grabbed my wife's luck. So <laughs> I'll yeah. tell you what, James, it's, it's nice here in Special. Texas. If you ever want to stop by, <laughs> nah, that's a little too hot for me. People man. went I'm... swimming yesterday, my guy <laughs> outside my <Yeah>. apartment. So. <laughs> <laughs> I could have gone swimming too yesterday. That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> but let's go ahead and get right into the Steelers news before we go into our mock draft. Uh, Steelers signed a defensive lineman by the name of Armand Watts. Armand is a defensive end type player, not to be confused with nose tackle. Uh, 6'5", 307. We barely signed him for a little over league minimum. One-year deal. Nothing crazy. He's just kind of a gap filler for us uh, until they bring yeah. somebody else in. Yeah, this is a good mid-tier signing kind of guy, right? Uh, but he's got good lateral uh, agility. He's got really good ability to chase somebody down the line of scrimmage uh, and good length to him, uh, which is something that we're, we're very interested in on a defensive lineman or offensive lineman, to be real. Uh, but he, he does appear to be somebody that can definitely add to that depth. Uh, and a little bit of pass rush juice to him. So different from Braden Fihoko, they brought him in to be more of a, a pure nose tackle run stuff. Or uh, this is a little bit more of a pass rusher uh, with some good ability as far as chasing sideline to sideline and movement skills, getting off of blocks, that kind of stuff. So uh, that prototypical size and a little more athleticism than you might expect from a big guy like that. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a nice signing. Uh, and helps just get some some more bodies that you're comfortable with in the room. You want to know who wasn't a nice signing, James? Mr. Jameer Jones, because he's no longer signed. He's <laughs> off the team. Jameer Jones yeah. has been dropped, <laughs> released, waved goodbye. Uh, just signed two months ago, too. <laughs> yeah. Now, this led into a lot of speculation about what we were going to do with that position, but turns out nothing. Yeah. Much ado about nothing. Uh, some people were saying, well, he was signing bud dupree that way 48's open well 48 is still open bud dupree has signed a one-year deal with the atlanta falcons for up to five million dollars that means there's going to be some incentives in there uh smart move for him it gives him an opportunity to uh probably start i would assume out there yeah uh and get probably a lot more reps than he would have in pittsburgh he would have probably been like a 40 percent kind of thing or less but yeah i mean 
but I, quite frankly, I think he would have. He's probably gonna. He would have performed better, I think, with Pittsburgh because when you're going, when you're rushing somebody with the likes of Cam Hayward, T.J. Watt, these other guys, I can't think of any big names on that Falcons defense that are gonna rush the passer. Uh, Deion Jones d- d- doesn't rush too much from the middle linebacker position. I don't believe. If he's still no, I think they've got they got a defensive tackle that's really top notch, don't they? Uh, but other than that, he's been looking for for a number of years. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he'll he'll get a lot more attention there than he would have in Pittsburgh. He would have just been getting one on ones in Pittsburgh, no doubt about that. But also a lot more playing time there. And and I think what he's trying to do is get that one more payday. Uh, if he can put up some good numbers starting for the Falcons, get himself eight or nine sacks, maybe he can get back into that conversation to eight ten million a year on on future contracts. Uh, where if he plays for Pittsburgh, he's probably three or four sacks at the most as a backup. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen there. Uh, moving yeah. forward, Steelers did sign a middle linebacker by the name of Tanner Muse. This was a guy that James and I were very high on during the draft process and pre-draft process a few years ago. Blazing speed for a middle linebacker. Yeah, he was in the 4-4s, four four, low 4-4s, four wasn't it? 4-4-3, four 4-4, four four four, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Real, real fast kid. Uh, less than 230 pounds. He's splashed so far in the NFL has been on special teams. I want to say he had 10 tackles on special teams last year, uh, which is really nice. And, and Pittsburgh's looking for that. You know, we were trying to figure out where all these offensive pieces fit. We haven't re-signed Derek Watts yet uh, as of this point. Um, he was just a couple of years ago, a special teams ace for Pittsburgh was getting all kinds of tackles last year. Didn't get very many tackles on special teams, but played a lot better on offense. Um, are you going to move Connor Hayward into his role? If you're going to do that, do you really want to have Connor Hayward so exclusively on special teams? You might need him for offense. So, uh, I like the special teams capability of a young man like this. And a little bit of an NFL resume. Don't look for him to change anything as far as Pittsburgh's draft strategy. If they still want to get a middle linebacker high, they're still going to do that. Um, but it does kind of round out the room a little bit more. Now you've got four guys, five guys with NFL experience. Uh, so if you're going to talk about Tay Crowder, he had a couple of years starting with the Giants. So yeah, we got we got um, five guys, gotta, but we're just yeah. waiting for the burgers and fries. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Yeah, not hungry. sponsored, by the way, but five guys, if you want to have a conversation with us, we will be uh, open to hearing your emails. Uh, <laughs> we'll work for food. <laughs> we'll work for food. Facts. <laughs> big facts. facts um, big, big facts. <laughs> uh, Steelers also claimed a punter this week, a guy by the name of Braden Mann, uh, off waivers from the Jets. Braden was a sixth round draft pick uh, a, a year or two before uh, we went and drafted uh, Presley Harvin third in the seventh round of our draft uh, the following Mm -hmm. year. So very interesting there. This will actually uh, be interesting going into camp for sure. Yeah, yeah, former Ray Guy Award. So he was kind of a high pedigree punter. Uh, Jets fans seem to be happy that he's gone, but when you look slightly better than what we've had with Presley Harvin so far. Uh, So this is legitimate competition for Presley Harvin III, uh, and it's not that it takes a premier punter to have better numbers than what Harvin's been putting up. Uh, realistically, his numbers have been on the lower end of starting NFL punters. Uh, yeah. So you could be a mid-tier guy and probably have better uh, And Pittsburgh's definitely going to be open to that. Uh, legitimately, they've given him a chance 
Uh, he's had multiple seasons now. Uh, now he's going to have his first really hard battle uh, to win the job. So, yep. And that'll be good because that'll be good for the team. And that'll yes. honestly be good for him. Cause if in the NFL, if the competition doesn't push you, nothing else will. So yep. we'll see what yep. happens. When your job's on the line, your career line, what we're about to find out what he has. Yeah. hundred percent. So uh, some rookie news or future rookie news, draft day news, whatever you want yes. to call it, James, a guy that you're very high on got invited to uh, the actual draft day, day one draft. Yeah. Me. So every year the NFL draft holds a huge event. They've been moving it from city to city this year. I think it's Kansas city that gets to host the uh, NFL draft. I believe you're correct. Uh, which which is pretty awesome. I can imagine the food there would be ridiculously good. <laughs> the barbecue there, come on. Uh, anyway, uh, there are 17 players that were invited and accepted their invitation. There's usually some other ones that don't accept. Uh, but this is usually a strong indication. Almost everybody that gets invited gets drafted in the first round. If not, they're usually really high in the second round. Uh, there was one name that stuck out to me that wasn't, somebody that anyone was talking about as one of the top one or two people at their position. Uh, that's defensive lineman Keon white out of Georgia tech. Uh, Keon is someone that Pittsburgh has definitely watched. They sent Carl Dunbar to his pro day. Uh, that's the defensive line coach in case you're not familiar with the name. Uh, and they brought him in for one of the 30 pre-draft visits when you only get 30 and he's one of those 30 that gets brought in. That definitely shows some interest there as well. Uh, and the size measurable stuff going on with this kid, he's like 6'6", 285, something like 34, 35 inch. I think it's 35 inch long arms. And he did like 29 reps on the bench and yep. really good on his jumps. Just screams Pittsburgh 3-4 defensive end. We take Just that. screams it. Yeah. Highly athletic kind of guy. Um, but that kind of indicates that if you're going to get him, you're probably going to have to take him in that first round or early second, or he's probably not going to be there. Uh, and I, I would rather honestly have him over Brian Brzee, Dexter, or these top defensive line prospects that everybody's talking about that have 32 and change inch long arms, not even 33 inch. This kid's drastically longer uh, and more athletic than them. Uh, so I think that that's somebody I'd rather take a flyer on than, than one of the top, top school kind of guys, you know, he's a little school competition, uh, but that didn't hurt Hargrave, right? Not at all. Hargrave kicking butt in the NFL, making 20 million a year now. Yep. So we'll see what happens with that. But now we're going to move on into our draft day, uh, quote unquote, mock draft day, whatever. Uh, so we're going to start off this. James and I ran through this right before the show. Uh, we were open to trades again. You'll find out that we traded three times and we'll explain those trades. The first trade came from the very first uh, pick that we had at pick 17. The Dallas Cowboys were offering the 26th overall draft pick and the 58th overall draft pick for only the 17th. And we thought, you know what? We get a, a little bit more capital there late in the second, early third, kind of 58. I think that's late second. Um, yeah, late second. So we figured why the heck not, except that we had four or five guys on the board at the time that we were looking at. We were like, hopefully one of these guys falls. Uh, it turns out that one of them did. So when we got up at 26, uh, we went with an offensive tackle from Tennessee by the name of Darnell Wright, a name you've probably heard on the show before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once or twice, huh? Yeah. Uh, big hulking guy, uh, very athletic for his size. I want to say he almost 
ran like a 5.0 flat. It was like a 5.02 or 5.04 or something. Yeah, uh, which at 335 pounds or however big he is, is really impressive. He's got great length to him. Uh, everything that you're looking for in a prototypical tackle. Uh, and he's specialized in the right side, doesn't have any experience on the left. So if Pittsburgh was going to move him to the left, that might take a little bit of a transition. Uh, but if you were going to just make it easy, you start him on the right side day one, and then you have a competition between Chukes and Dan Moore for the left. Chukes played left tackle in college, uh, so I think the transition back to left tackle would be a pretty easy one for him. Uh, and then you're talking about some real bookends at that point. Yeah. I would feel very confident with those two as the starting off of the circles. Uh, just for 100% transparency, we kind of feel like if the first round doesn't play a certain way and one of the top three uh, two offensive tackles are there, then a trade back is a really good option. Uh, you can still get a guy like Darnell Wright or, or even uh, the Jones kid from State most likely at the end of the first and still pick up a top quality offensive tackle without investing that number 17 capital. Uh, yeah. If you can move back just a few spots like this, and get another second round pick. That's huge because this is a, a draft class that is loaded with talent in that second through fourth round. You can get so many highly skilled guys. So I think trade backs are really a, a much larger possibility than normal. Yeah, than ever before almost. Yeah. Especially with new guys in the front office. This is the first time for Omar Khan running it. Uh, Andy Weidel, formerly of the Philadelphia, the... down the board all the time. Uh, so definitely a real possibility. Yeah. So then we came back up at 32. We did have some more trade options here. We chose to not uh, go with those trade options. And we went with a guy that we kind of just talked about, James. That's it, man. I wanted to do this in the way I seeing that he was invited uh, to the draft party. Keon White, a defensive end from Georgia Tech, uh, really just reminds you a lot of that mold, that Cameron Hayward, that Brett Kiesel, that Aaron Smith, uh, the, the all these guys, Stephon it, that big, long, and athletic kind of guy. Uh, very, very unique combination. There's a lot of guys in this draft class uh, that are big and tall, but not long. They don't have that length. Brian Brzee doesn't have the length. Garvin Dexter doesn't have the length. Yep. We're seeing a lot of that in this draft class. Unless you move up to go get uh, uh, Mr. Carter, Jalen Carter in the first round, which there's rumors of that now. People saying Pittsburgh might be looking to trade up to number nine. See if Carter's. If you get Jalen Carter, you have gotten an absolute steal. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Incredible, yeah. incredible talent. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was the one guy that I said early on in this process. If you can get Jalen Carter, Cam Hayward. Uh, but this is a lump of clay guy with Keon White. I think with our coaching staff, I have ultimate trust in their ability to develop a highly skilled guy. We just haven't had this kind of guy, man. Well, quite frankly, the coaching staff and the players we have in the building right now, Cam Hayward is a leader. Like he's a guy that's yes, going to bring is. someone under his wing and train him as much as he can. Um, mm -hmm. and so that in and of itself adds value to these kinds of picks. Um, you know, Cam Hayward's going to help him. TJ Watt could help him. A Alex Highsmith even has some potential to help him depending all these guys could bring. I I'm just excited about what our defense brings to the table 
with their mentality, their ability to to lead and lead well um, is very exciting when you bring a young guy, lump of clay, like you're talking about, player like this into yeah. uh, the fold. So very exciting there. Um, we came up again at 49, had some trade offers, weren't super attracted to any of them. So we decided to keep the pick. We looked at defensive tackles because James was like, there's a guy. I'm curious if he's there. Keanu Benton, defensive tackle <laughs> out of Wisconsin. Uh, really shoring up that defensive front with this pick. Uh, almost not even a, a concern moving into the first you know, preseason game at this point with the, th the two guys we picked up in the draft right here. Uh, Keanu Benton, I know you're very high praise on him. James, you want to share a little bit? Yeah, just a, a massive man, 6'4", 310 plus. Great length to him. He's over 30 arm length as well 30 uh, 31 good power 34. 34 i think he's like 34 and a quarter 34 and a half something yep. like that uh, so this is fantastic length um profiles as a nose tackle with some ability to rush the passer uh so now you're starting to build that defensive line room you have guys you can rotate in and out and keep it fresh yeah yeah with this class we would have cam hayward larry ogan Keon White and Keanu Benton as our four interior guys that you're able to cycle through to constantly keep pressure on the quarterback uh, and not get beat up in the run game. Yeah. Uh, so I would be ecstatic. You would basically completely transform the room. Uh, and then if you get in a situation where Larry Ogunjobi up a stinker of a year like he did last year, in my opinion, you cut him loose. Yeah. You cut them loose and you got the two rookies going forward and Cam to bring them actually a couple of years from now. You, you try to find another guy to replace Cam, but you don't worry about that for now because he's still playing at an all pro level. Exactly. Uh, but I would be ecstatic to shore up the defensive line in this kind of manner this early in the draft. Very early in the draft. And I mean, they're pretty much day one starters at this point. Everyone, everyone we drafted Both is, is yeah. pretty much a day mm -hmm. one starter. Um, yeah, Keon and, White's the only weird one just because of Ogan Joby. Correct. Straight up bench Ogan Joby. But I think you probably split reps with him and give him a lot of playing time. Yeah. And I would argue that the next guy on our list at 58, which was another pick we chose not to trade from, uh, was would probably be a day one starter if not halfway in the draft. What's up? Or 58 me, was 58 part was of one of the got. Yes. trades. Yes. Yes, that was part of that trade down from 17. We gained pick number 58. So not something Pittsburgh has in real life at this moment. Again, don't be surprised if they trade back at 17 or at 32. 32 is the big one. I know, again, we've been months. Uh, but I think that when that first day ends, there's going to be somebody there. There's going to be a quarterback. There's going to be a pass rusher. There's going to be a tight end. There's going to be someone that everybody wants to trade up to get, and Pittsburgh is going to be able to demand top dollar, lots of high picks, second, third, fourth round. It just really load up on day two picks off of it. So like you said, sitting there at 58, a position that we think, again, could compete for a starting job, safety Sidney Brown. Woo! You've heard the name before. I like about, this. What route is he about? 5'10 and change, yeah. 211 pounds, 4'4", yep. 440, great jumps. Yeah, good bench press, highly athletic dude. His twin brother was the running back there. He's the he's the safety. Just the frame, the athleticism reminds me a ton of Troy Polamalu. Now I know he doesn't action of Troy, uh, but just that that shorter but well built and really fast kind of guy. I think he competes with Keanu uh, Neal right away. Uh, and you're probably more comfortable with him out there in passing downs than you are with Keanu Neal as well. Uh, but 
that gives that that room some competition because uh, right now Keanu Neal doesn't have a lot of competition. No, and I think you're bigger on this than I am. Uh, but both of us think it's very important that a safety is added in this draft, um, and especially if you can get one with high athleticism. Man, I, I want to see it. We need we need a better safety than we've gotten with the Terrell Edmonds experiment that did not work out very well. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next pick we had was 80th overall. We chose to accept a trade here. Now I'll explain the trade. Uh, we went back eight picks from 80 to 88. Uh, however, we gave up the last pick we had at 234 in the draft, or maybe it's the first seventh pick. Second had. to last. Second to yeah. last. First seventh pick. Uh, but we moved up to the 127th from that pick. So we move back nice. eight and move up a hundred and like 17, seven? 17, I think pretty close. No, seven. You're right. Seven, um, mm-hmm. 107. So that's huge. And and we love that. So we did accept that trade with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So then at 88, we saw a cornerback that was still on the board that James is very high on. Uh, we looked up some numbers, got some digits for him. Darius rush cornerback from South Carolina. Welcome to Pittsburgh, sir. Yeah, Darius has that height and speed and size that you're looking for. Uh, I want to say he was, what, 6'2 and change? Almost 6'3, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, low 4'4s in the 40, great jumps. Uh, Just a really good quality corner. Uh, Would have had a lot more praise, except he was the number two corner at South Carolina there with Cam Smith. Uh, So... Uh, really good tape on the kid, really good athleticism. This is what we feel is so important. Uh, this draft class is just loaded with corners. Lots of good ones that can start. But it's important that you don't just take a corner. You take one that has good enough athleticism that he can run with Jamar Chase. There really aren't any other wide receivers that really scare me in our division like Jamar Chase. Uh, you have to be able to match up with him. Uh, and if you're going to really make any waves in in the AFC if you're going to get in the playoffs and and make some noise well then you better be able to cover digs in buffalo you better be able to cover those fast receivers down in Miami uh and it, Kansas City always has some fast guys yeah so these top we, we got the guys in our teams, division <laughs> yeah yeah these yep. top tier playoff teams have really athletic wide receivers that aren't like 445 444 four, four. no 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 these are like 43 cats man and you better be able to run with them. Uh, So Darius Rush would give us a guy that can run with these highly athletic uh, wide receivers. Uh, And then just, yeah, if he needs a little bit of coaching, we've got an insanely deep uh, group of coaches in the secondary and defensive coordinator and head coach, all these guys with lots of experience. hundred percent. Next guy. So we were up again at 120. We were up again at 120. Uh, We chose to accept another trade here. And we'll explain why again. We were giving up 120, moving back two picks or two rounds, like two picks. That's it. 120 to 120. Only two spots, Cody? Only two spots. And then we also gained 217. So we gained a seventh when we gave up a seventh earlier. And now we got to, or a late sixth, excuse me. Um, and then we, so we moved back two picks to gain two spots, basically getting an extra opportunity to fill another position of need or even just depth. Uh, so at 122, James, we went with a guy that you're very, very, very excited about. Yep. Yeah. Now, uh, Michigan offensive line, I've been the last few years because they've been putting out some talent, uh, some guys that have done well in the NFL a few years ago. You might have remembered. 
Wenu out of Michigan. Michael ended Wenu. up a six round yes. pick. Yeah, ended up a six round pick to the Patriots of all places. Uh, but he's had a really solid production uh, in his career thus far, starting for them on the offensive line. Uh, and was excellent in his rookie season. Um, this year, in watching a little bit of Michigan tape, you've heard me talk about it before uh, with Luke Schoonemaker, the tight end there, in uh, some other players there that I've been keeping my eye on. Their center, uh, Olu Oluwatimi, massive hulking man, 29 reps on the bench. Uh, he was over three, almost 310 pounds, I think, and almost 33 inch long on the arms. Uh, just a big mammoth individual, very powerful. Uh, if you're looking for a center who won't get knocked back, this is the kind of guy that won't get knocked back. Uh, you don't even have to start him right away. Uh, you can work on technique. You can sit him on the bench for a year behind Mason Cole, uh, and you can develop him. Next year, you can start him at that point. Or, or if he just absolutely wows and he's better than Mason right away, Great, but this guy has the physical tools that you can't just develop on somebody. Yeah. You know, if you don't have the arm length, you can't develop it. If you don't have the mass and the ability to move people, you might be able to get it with a bunch of weightlifting, but you really have to stay like James Harrison addicted to the weight room yep. to make that kind of transformation when you don't have it when you come into the league. And for the and, emphasis and like on the emphasis on the yeah, pause you had when you talked about a center not getting blown back is because that's all we got with Kendrick Green. He yes. just kept getting blown up. This is a guy that's not that's yeah. not going to happen to. Not going to happen. And it happened a couple times to Mason last year, but only a couple times, right? Uh, Mason was drastically better than what we had with Kendrick Green. So don't get, don't get me wrong. This is not Mason Cole slander time. I'm just saying don't let a good center in Mason Cole stop you from trying to get to the point of having a great center again. Uh, especially with that tradition that Pittsburgh has there. Yeah. Uh, so I would be ecstatic about him as a developmental aspect, and I think he would have a bright future. Yeah. Uh, we came up again at 127 with the trade we had earlier, and so we were looking at wide receivers because we felt like they, that's a position of need as well. And we wound up going with a guy by the name of Bryce Ford Wheaton, wide receiver from West Virginia. Now, James was also intrigued by a guy with uh, the name Parker in it. And maybe Washington yeah. from a little place yeah. called Penn State. Uh, but we went realistic here. And a guy like this, having fallen all the way to 127, was almost impossible to pass up on. Bryce Ford Wheaton was, what, a, a blazing fast guy. Uh, yeah, 4.3840, I believe, oh and gosh, like 6.4220. Yeah. Good we, jumps, good strength. And we talked about it already. All the good teams in those AFC have fast wide receivers. Right now, we really don't have that. George Pickens is yeah. quick. You know, Deontay's quick. They have off the ball speed and agility and, and burst, but we don't have someone that's that real, let me burn them down the field and get in the end zone. Uh, yeah. This gives us that opportunity. So real excited yeah. about this guy yeah. if he falls in our lap. Yeah, so this would be a, a tremendous addition to the room, and I think Pitt interested in grabbing somebody in that third, fourth round, uh, unless they're able to add to the, like the fifth round, something like that. Uh, but I would highly expect somewhere between the third and fourth round a wide receiver to be added to the Steelers. This would just be a tremendous option here. That kind of size and speed, uh, athleticism, you know, maybe you can play him in the slot. If not, hey, he's a hell of a field stretcher, and maybe you start using Deontay Johnson the slot and slap him on the outside. Imagine four wide receiver sets with George Pickens, this cat, 
Calvin Austin the third and Deontay Johnson. Now you're talking about some pretty serious speed on the field. Uh, so I'd be very excited about him uh, and the possibility of bringing it in, I think would be something very difficult to pass up, especially this late in the process at 127 to get a guy with that kind of skill set, I think is a steal personally. Yeah. So then we'll have, then we had our very big long break in the draft. We went from 127 <laughs> all the way to 217. Uh, we looked at some guys that were here. We saw a name that sounded super familiar, James Herbig. 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 Nick, Nick Herbig. Not to be confused with the other Herbig that we just signed. Uh, I believe they're brothers, though. Correct? Yes. His, yes. Nate is his big brother. Drastically. Um, drastically bigger. <laughs> uh, edge edge guy from Wisconsin. Now, a lot of guys are saying, and, and us included, we drafted him with the expectation that he would play middle linebacker. Uh, for us at the NFL level in the fourth or in the three four defense. So Nick Herbig, drafted from Wisconsin, another Wisconsin guy. We've had some luck with those guys, if you know what I'm saying. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially already dipping into the Wisconsin pool early. Yep, Keanu Benton. We're going back to Wisconsin. Nick Herbig, uh, some really good athleticism. The shorter arms are one of the reasons are talking about him converting to middle linebacker yep. uh, a four six five forty is pretty good uh that's not elite but that's not slow by any means you can handle a guy with that kind of speed and athleticism at the middle linebacker position so might be somebody who would have to do a little bit of learning and, and sit behind some some of the starters uh to start off with but his history as an edge rusher you'd be able to maybe use backup edge and use him as a backup middle linebacker. Maybe develop into something, but I think worst case scenario, you're going to get a good contributor on special teams uh, and really help add to the depth at both edge and middle linebacker. But we think that if there's a possibility of him excelling somewhere, it's going to be middle linebacker. Yeah, so that's what we went for there. We liked the pick. We enjoyed it, and that's what we're going to do. It, it, it shures up that already deep middle linebacker room at this point, quite frankly, we actually drafted or mm -hmm. uh, picked up some good guys in free agency. And then we finished off the draft at 241 with a guy that pro football mock draft or pro football network doesn't necessarily think is going to get drafted, but some think he's going to be day three draft easy. Uh, Brenton strange tight end out of Penn state. Uh, you know, we are James. We Penn state. James and I can't go through a dang dog, gosh darn draft without drafting somebody from Penn State. So here we are with this last overall pick, Brenton Strange, uh, a tight end that'll sure up our tight end room moving forward. This, I mean, he's going to come back and play it, obviously, with Pat Frymuth, where they played it together in college. Um, and then you also sure up that third tight end position for this year with Zach Gentry being number two, unknown what we're doing with Connor Hayward at this point. Um, and then even moving forward, you know, we have the depth there at the tight end position now and someone to get in rhythm with um, Kenny Pickett. So super excited about that. That, yeah. That's yeah, it. yeah. I'm I'm really big on change in this draft class. Literally the only area of his game that I'm not big on is his arm length. That is an issue. It's sub 32 inch long arms. Uh, everything else is great. He was the strongest guy at the combine at the tight end position with 23 on the bench a 47040 would make him the fastest tight end in pittsburgh day one if he were drafted uh good explosiveness in the lower body he's very sturdy 
Uh, he's great blocking. Uh, Penn State even used him as a fullback in some games. I actually was watching a little bit of tape the other day. Uh, I was watching the blue-white game. This is the uh, spring game for Penn State, the interest squad scrimmage. And they were showing some stuff from last year from the uh, last year's freshman running backs. Uh, and Brenton Strange was getting used as like, fullback and just blowing people up uh, so i love his blocking ability his physicality uh and just strength from head to toe very well put together uh so i'd be very happy free i think he adds immediately in the department uh and very underrated as a receiver and running after yeah so that is going to finish our mock draft for this episode. Again, thank you guys so much. Please share your mock drafts with us. We will share them on the show and talk about them, give you our input. Uh, we would love that. Give those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. James is motioning if you're watching on YouTube. He's doing the little 555 for uh, uh, those fake phone numbers on the movies. But anyways, be sure to five like. Five-star reviews. <laughs> you give us a five-star review, we're going to mention you on the podcast, and I'm not playing around, especially no. on Apple Podcasts. Absolutely. So again, thank you guys so much for listening and watching. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. It's free. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace.